The following podcast contains uncensored coarse language. Listeners are advised that some of the following content may not be appropriate for those under 15 years of age. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it's our special 310th episode! Wow! Wow. 310, who would have thought? I know, it's the milestone everyone wants to reach. uh, And we have finally done it. How else could we celebrate than watching 310? to humor oh i see what you did there Stephen. yes that is the only reason we are watching this it's also the only reason you started this podcast you're like one day <laughs> yes. when i get to 310 yeah. so i can do this movie and chuckle uh, yes and just laugh at that joke yeah oh you yeah. just wait till we get to twenty thousand leagues under the sea which <laughs> it's gonna take a while but yeah whatever happened to 13 ghosts and 47 ronan look sometimes i only think of these things after the fact you may oh. notice we did 101 dalmatians around episode 101 we did 300 around 300 so yeah unfortunately i didn't do seven as the seventh film no. or anything so well, well, well if, if i remember it we'll make it work but yes three Damn it, let's go back and start the whole thing again all right pack it up everybody we'll, we'll start again um 310 to humor though uh we now for those playing along at home we are watching the remake the 2007 release um, yeah yeah i think so yeah it Sounds feels good. like 2007 yeah. it does feel like yeah def- definitely the noughties yeah uh, and joining me as always we have someone who has seen the film before and someone who has not our, our guest who has not seen the film it is kate sophia willoughby hello dr stephen Platt. how are you kate yeah pretty good and enjoying my day mm-hmm. how are you i'm i'm pretty good yeah it's it's finally turning into one of those rainy sunday afternoons that we talk about watching these sorts of films on yes that is true and it's a, like a, a bit cold like it's not humid Mm. rain it's actually like a bit like oh do i need a cardigan because i think it's under 18 degrees (laughs) yeah it's getting there um and thank goodness it isn't humid because yesterday was quite humid and pretty unpleasant yeah uh but today it's good and uh it's gonna get a little bit drier is my understanding because we're going out west yeehaw uh what do you know about 310 to yuma absolutely nothing nothing I, I know nothing i'm guessing 310 to yuma um i'm i'm assuming that it involves a train because that sounds like a like a, a train time oh yeah and getting so, on the 310 to yuma yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. and uh you gotta and it's a western so that's why i thought of trains and maybe there's a bank robbery on a train that seems like a cowboy thing Mm -hmm. and if it's a remake then maybe this was the movie that had it and that's why like other other like western sort of copy it like Mm. i don't know this is me pulling crap out of my ass well Um, you've you've made a film that sounds excellent i would love to see a bank robbery that takes place entirely on a train um that's that's those those happen a lot they do happen but but yeah i like the idea of it being like a working bank that's just on a train Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like bank tellers, you know? Like yeah. you, you got to transport the money yeah, to, so it's on like, the train. Yeah, yeah, everyone has to go to bank the bank at the same time because it's only in town for like an hour. And then off it goes. To stop all the robberies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like a Snowpiercer heist film. Yeah, sort of like the original ATM. Yeah, excellent. How are you with Westerns in general? Um, I, uh, I, in, I don't, it's one of those things where I go, oh, I really like Westerns. And then I realize I haven't watched a lot of them, Mm. um, or I enjoy the concept of them. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, but I haven't watched a lot. I think I, I think I remember watching the Magnificent Seven. Um, 
I've watched, um, I think we, I think I watched the original Magnificent Seven, and I yeah, I realize I haven't watched uh, Aliens versus Cowboys. <laughs> I watched that. Look, that's a cowboy film. That's a um, western. Yeah, and Back the to the Future two, uh, three, three, three. Yes, Back yes. to the Future three. Um, but yeah, so it's one of those things where I go, oh, I think I like westerns, but I've never sat down and watched them a lot. I know some of the cinematic history, like if you mm. look, but um, and like, uh, and a lot of the uh, Japanese samurai films of the spaghetti that mm. was not spaghetti westerns, but that the westerns were sort of based off. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so I don't know too much, though. Okay, no, it's good, though. Well, we'll see how we go with 310 to Yuma. Luckily, we do have someone who has seen the 2007 version of 310 to Yuma, and it's Murray Jackson. Hey, Dr. Stephen. How are you, Murray? I'm, I'm good, I'm good. I, I, I think um, I'm, I'm quite impressed uh, with um, um, Kate's script uh, modelling exercise there and, uh, you know, Pretty much um, putting together a, a, a rousing plot for a film that um, I'm sure we'd like to see. Is that the film we're going to see today? Well, little bits. Little uh, okay. Bits. Well, well. I mean, look, you know, three ten to Yuma. Well, fair enough. Yeah, there there is a train. Mm. So, um, you know, well spotted. Uh, Kate will be very happy to know there are no tree rapes in this particular oh, film. Yes, thank you. Yes, no. That's admittedly, um, westerns I know sometimes can be a little bit iffy when it mm. comes to that representation of not not just tree based uh, sexual assault, but sexual assault in general. Mm. My my understanding is on the scale of like light hearted fifties westerns to Unforgiven, uh, like like grim level. Mm, mm. Three Ten to Humor is maybe we're, we're heading towards the the, the, the top end heading towards yeah, the top end but yeah, it's, yeah. it's more but it's, it's action and, and yeah uh, I mean it's, it's a long time so I, I'm, I'm pulling this yeah. out of my ass too I mean, Stephen Western... I can't remember I, well, a long time since I watched this film well my understanding is that this is quite a violent film based on all because mm. I haven't seen it but based on all the well it has to be guides, it's, but... it's, it's, a, it's a 2000s western mm. where we, we we no longer um, you know have the, uh, the the bad or the good guy Shoot the bad guy mm. and no bullet hole appear. That, that's that's a nineteen fifties uh, yeah. affectation. Yeah. Um, will, will it also have the nineties fifties uh, like a white guy mm, tanned wearing a brown the, wig playing the, indigenous people? There's there's no haze code <laughs> holding us back here. Okay. Uh, okay. But yeah. um, yes, for for those who. Who who didn't get the uh, allegory there to, to the the tree rape? Uh, poor poor Kate. I think <laughs> one of the last times Kate and I did a film together it was The Evil Dead. I just wanted to yes. reassure her: this is not Evil Dead. Uh, this mm. is a totally different cup of tea. Yeah. Yes. No. Well. Uh, yeah. Maybe Weevil Dead uh, mm. with with uh, little, little critters running around. It's um yeah. It, it's interesting because Three Ten to Yuma. It's one of those films which I think is perhaps most well known, both the original and this version for its name more than anything else. It, it, it tends to get mentioned in, like, when well, people are going deeper into the cowboy oeuvre. Uh, if you're a fan of westerns, I don't think that's necessarily um, true. The 310 to Yuma, the original, um, is regarded as a classic. It, it, mm. it has actually been... Um, selected as one of those films that they, um, you know, they archive. It's an important historical film, okay. um, so it's it, it can't be lumped in there with. Um, well, I guess when I think know, of westerns, I think of uh, like uh, my brain, like not knowing anything. Mm. Like when someone goes, "Oh, American westerns," I go, "Oh, Magnificent Seven, Tombstone," and I've heard of Three Ten to Humor, but I've never watched it. Oh, we- we- westerns! Then, um, westerns were the staple in the fifties. Yeah. Don't mm. worry about that. You could not go 
to the movies on a Saturday morning without there being a Western feature. Do you have a favourite Western, Murray? Oh, God, now you're putting me on the spot. Um, I, uh, Off the top of my head, The Wild Bunch. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's I've never heard of it. Uh, it's um, uh, got uh, Pe- Peckinpah, Sam Peckinpah, mm. um, and it's it's kind of an anti-western to be honest. Mm. Uh, it was made at a time when you know westerns were still good guys versus bad guys, but they were very uh, very um, polar dra- drawn characters. You know, the good guys were good, mm. the bad guys were bad. White hats and black the hats. wild bunch yeah. was this is a bunch of very nebulous characters mm. who kind of at the end of the film have done something amazing and wonderful, but they're not really good guys. Right. So um, I kind of like those sort of films where the characters aren't so neatly mm. drawn and defined. Yeah, Sh- um, shades of grey. Grey yeah. hats. Yeah. But uh, look, this film from memory um, is entertaining. Uh, it has a great cast. The director, James Mangold, has done some fantastic films. Um, people will be familiar probably mostly with Walk the Line. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I was talking with Stephen about a film called Copland that he did in 97, which was a commercial failure. It is a terrific film. People should seek it out and watch it. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, look, he's always a director who, um, when I hear that he's made a film, I go, oh, I must must watch that film okay yeah yeah um the correct answer for the best western ever made by the way is blazing saddles oh right like that's i still haven't watched that oh look one day in much the same way i set up this podcast to watch 310 to yuma one day we will do blazing saddles Mm -hmm. and uh you you will see why i think it might be the best western ever made it's it's a little different from the wild bunch i'll give you the tip true Uh, true but uh, similarly not respectful of the traditions of the western genre no just in a different way yeah this is this is a weird it's weird really Mm. that this film was made Mm. um because you think of the 2000s you can't think of a huge number of westerns that were made. Well, they did do a lot of remake of the westerns, though, because you had, what was that other film that won an Oscar? Uh, um, True Grit. True Grit. So yeah. they redid True Grit, 310 to Yuma. Well, well spotted, Kate, yeah. too. Um, so I think there was this but, era that where yeah. people were looking at this I think they've tried Hollywood. to revive them. Yeah. But, you know, there's been stumbling blocks along the way. Hmm. Like, yeah, they tried to remake The Magnificent Seven. Why bother trying to make... Yeah. Or remake the, the Magnificent well, Seven. I mean, the only part of the Magnificent Seven remake that I liked, because I did watch the original, was um, the actual, uh, 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 like, uh, the uh, the characters, like, of colour. So they had, and how they wrote them, and how mm. they, so they did open it more than what the original one was. But, like, other than other than that, like, and maybe a little bit more in-depth with the characters in, in emotion. But mm. other than that, like, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So at least, but I mean. Yeah, but I yeah. think I think you're right. I think they have gone back and they've tried to reinvent the Western genre as a character-driven yeah. thing, rather than and, and just a bunch of set pieces. There's a lot of films that are being released in the last ten, fifteen, even twenty years, which are sort of I'd, I'd almost say a Western adjacent, where it's like it's got a little bit of dressing of the Western. Uh, things like The Power of the Dog. Um, which is like at the death of the old west, and yeah. Brokeback Mountain, which is very much in the the, the where westerns were, mm-hmm. but removed from the time of the western. But there's still a lot of those character archetypes in that film. Still mm-hmm. a lot of 
Western film attitudes amongst people in that film. Well, I think a lot of the why a lot of Westerns uh, uh, to look at it for film and why people have had difficulties is, um, I think, is because you can't, you have to, if you want to do a relook, you can't sort of um, look at them now without acknowledging, uh, you know, uh, colonization that's going on or, Mm. um, or like the, or or the homoeroticism of like, Mm. of like uh, where cowboys come from Mm. and the history of cowboys and stuff. So with old Hollywood as well. So, um, and the Hayes coat. So it's very interesting of like people trying to show a different aspect of, of uh, films Mm. that maybe they couldn't do beforehand. And I guess maybe it has that old Mm. stilted way of like Westerns are just a way to glorify, uh, uh, colonization which i don't think is necessarily true in all films mm. like i think there's definitely you there is definitely like i've seen footage of like only from school you know like at mm. four o'clock where they'd play like the old yeah. westerns and i'd be watching some of them and i'd be going oh my <laughs> god like it was very that very pro uh, uh, the, you know yeah the, the colonization of this, mm. this area. Yeah, yeah and um and that's not necessarily the case for all of them but i think mm. maybe that's where this sort of why maybe some people don't know how to touch it now because they're just like, mm. I mean, they even had a what is it? The one with Leonardo DiCaprio. It wasn't Western, but the it had Revenant. that the Revenant. Yeah. yeah. So it's sort of this kind of like, how do we uh, redress? How mm. do we redress Westerns um, without? But that's the only way they can really. When yeah. you think yeah. about it, that's all they can do is is go back and and uh, say, okay, well. Let's try and give a little bit more of an accurate representation of things. Yeah. Wasn't a young Leonardo DiCaprio in The Quick and the Dead? Yes. Yes, because when you started going, that was like, oh, The Quick and the Dead's quite yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and I, I was wrong. Yeah. I do apologise. Mm. The best uh, Western of all time, of course, there's, there's three of them. It's The Dollars Trilogy by Sergio Leone. I I was about to make a joke that it was Paint Your Wagon, but no, yes, it is probably... <laughs> it, is, it is the Dollar It, it is, it is, it is and, the good, uh, the bad and the ugly. And probably closely the followed actually, by uh, My the... Name is Trinity. Yes. Um, I actually have seen The Good, the Bad and the Ugly. Yeah. I think ages ago. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, we... We, we watch this film. We, yeah, we should probably watch 310 to Yuma, but yeah. I'm, I'm very, very interested to see what you think of it. So, shall we watch 310 to Yuma? Oh, yeah. why not? Yeehaw. Okay, for those <laughs> of you... <laughs> For those of you just just for that, Kate, we're going to be watching the Evil Dead again. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, for those of you listening at home, pop on those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare to go yee yee haw as we watch <laughs> Three Ten to Yuma. Choo choo! Get your tickets, please. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching 310 to Yuma. And by we, I, of course, mean my special guests, Murray Jackson. Hello. And Kate Sophia Willoughby. Hello, hello, hello. And uh, as we are rapidly approaching 3.10pm at our own time, (laughs) not intentional, just the way it worked out. uh, But Kate, that was your first time watching 310 to Yuma. Yes. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was good. Yeah. I mean, I'd be interested to watch, like, the original to compare. Mm. Um, I think it was a, a great uh, story about um, uh, about masculinity and about a, a son learning what it means to be a man mm. um, and uh, a man, you know, finding out like, you know, 
not to be walked over, but finding that middle ground of like who he is as a man mm. um, with both of them. So that kind of how they evened each other out. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, fell in love along the way. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, their last scene in the honeymoon suite. Yeah. Um, as they finally decided what to do with the sun, with the sun in there, with mm. the three of them. Because um, they made decisions together. They did. Which was the issue that the wife had was mm-hmm. you made these decisions without me, which is quite funny. Um, <laughs> Are you saying that there may be subtext? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the guy killed his prince in the end mm. and shot him in the heart and mm. like looked him in the eyes doing it in a very while everybody else he mm. left. So it was this kind of... Yeah, it was very... It was a breakup more than it a was the, it, Yeah, the rest was like, I'm killing you all, guys. And then this last one, it was... Very personal. It was very personal. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, but okay. at the end of the day, yeah, it was it was about like this son learning to respect his dad, but also finding out like the realities of the world that mm. he realized that his dad was hiding from him. Well, not hiding, but just he was just he just didn't know because he was fourteen. And yeah, so I thought that was a really interesting um, story. I think uh, they could. It's a long movie. Um, I think that there was stuff that maybe they. I don't know. It's like. I wish that they were more introspective in other parts, mm. but then also what would they have to cut to fit time? Yeah. Or to just make it a very long movie. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, mm. I thought that was, but it was a good movie. Yeah. Murray, when did you last watch this film? Oh, probably about when it came out, I yeah, think. So yeah. About 15 years ago mm. then. Um, and how, how was it for you this time? Yeah, it was, yeah, look, um, I'll be honest, I went into it not remembering a hell of a lot from the, the first showing. I was probably distracted or, um, you know, I don't know, not really focusing on, on, on the film so much. Um, but this time around with um, just sitting there with you guys watching it, um, yeah, I thought it was, um, yeah, really, really good in terms of um, the um, fact that it just had its own pace, didn't it? It didn't have to... Um, have action every every moment of of the the film. Mm. It really much focused on the the characters and the relationships between them as the the, the film went on. Mm. Yeah, it's it's it, and it, and I I do take what Kate says. It's mm. almost a little bit like a love story there, mm. wasn't it, Kate? Yeah, yeah, it was, and yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, they were a little. At the very least, they were a little bit of an odd couple. Were Dan and Ben. Um, yeah. yeah, so the, the, the story as it is, is uh, Dan Evans is a down-on-his-luck rancher, as indeed basically all ranchers are in westerns. Um, but uh, the film starts with his barn being burnt by mm. uh, people working for his debtors, saying, you got a week to pay for the land, and there's no way he's going to be able to do it, and he's essentially being forced off the land um, so that they can build train lines or... Things of that nature, like they're they're not actually that interested in him paying back the debt. Yeah. They've made it unrealistic so that they can then use the land for other things and make yes. more money. Um, but whilst he's in this situation, he's you know raising his boys, uh, William and and Mark, and William is you know coming of age, and clearly from that first scene, you know we see him with the match, like looking at the like at the, the baseball outlaws. card of the outlaw, mm. and he's yeah. like got this romantic idea of what the west is like yes um they then see some real rootin tootin shooting western folks um because they see ben wade's gang and mr wade himself was played by russell crowe um stopping a coach well they didn't stop it Stephen. they 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 destroyed it really yeah but they stopped it first they stopped (laughs) it by by flipping it that's that's still stopping i would say yeah (laughs) um but yes uh this gang um 
uh, rob this coach and, and kill everyone except for uh, what one lone older uh, Pinkerton agent, uh, Byron. Um, and yeah, we see the Evans get sort of wrapped up in what's happening with this gang. Uh, ben Wade is, is captured in town. Um, they need a, a posse to a- escort him to... Um, what was the name of the town again? It wasn't Constance. It was Contrition. Mm. Uh, yeah, to Contrition. So that he can get on the titular 310 to Yuma train. Yeah. It's all about getting him to the train so that he can go to, to Yuma prison. Um, and yeah, Dan signs up. He's like, I, I, if you give me $200, because that's what I owe, then I'll, I'll yeah, do it. Yeah, he was pretty much like laughed and mocked. And I think that's mm. that kind of thing of like even the wife, you know, which said, I thought you said you paid it off. And he's coming from this that he was at war, mm. um, but he's very much more um, a pacifist, but also very, um, uh, I think what people would consider less of a man because he goes, I see it's more important to feed my children mm. and to be, so he has like, I guess people look down on him because he, he he's, seems he's to have that, more He's that like guy who's come back from the war and he's... he's, he's even though he didn't he, seem... he wants a quiet life, but mm. the quiet life won't, won't yeah, uh, find him. Yeah, but even though him. he didn't see much of the war, and mm. I think that's also mm. the that kind of thing of like, oh, I didn't lose it doing anything heroic, mm. or like yeah, the, the wife... Yeah, the leg. Uh, yeah, and the wife, he says the way you look at me, like she sees him as, as less of a man because people walk over him and his son sees him that by him not getting into that gunfight with the cows like afterwards he sees that as weak while for him he goes no we can walk to the horses so Mm. it's that kind of like and it's only when he um the guys are like no screw you and they laugh at him um about how you know know when you're pretty much a weak weakling Mm. he distracts him but has that i don't know that sort of strength to sort of look this guy in the eye and then ask for more money Mm. for the cows and this guy sort of humors him and that's the first time where there's this kind of eye of respect for each other yeah um but he uses that time to get him captured like Mm. but he could did it without a gun like he didn't hold him and say he just yeah um and then he pretty much wanted the money because he uh yeah, he wanted mm. to be respected, but he wanted to do it the right way. Yeah, he, he never took the easy money when it came up. No. Like, like this this job of being someone to escort this dangerous gang leader, gang leader Ben Wade, is like $200 is probably a fair wage to do that. Because as we saw with basically everyone else that went with them, they died. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a, it's a big risky job. Um, and then when further down the line, options come to get more money for doing the easier thing like when ben tries to buy him out and say let me yeah. walk in, out of here which again in the honeymoon suite and he's lying on this bed it's like mm. making it laying laying with the devil tight it was this kind of like he said don't talk to me and he laughed and that kind of he could do it but his morals of what he wants for his son and who mm. he is as a man doesn't let him and mm. it's that kind of even though he said he's going to drop you. And that's exactly what he did. And so the man that offered him the 200 offered to give him the same 200 Mm. to walk away, Mm. but his son is there. So it's that kind of like, no, I, I, this isn't, he's, he's showing that he's went for the moral reason still. Mm. But then when he was like, when Wade was going, I want him to say something that makes sense because they're all talking in code. And when he said to him, I want you to guarantee me the thousand dollars for my son, the land and the thing, hmm. and you shoot to him, and he's looking at him, and straight away it's like, I'm gonna get you the terrain, but you can go. 
Mm. Um, and that's what I established straight away. That unspoken thing, he understood what he meant because mm. he wanted him to know if he'd take his deal. And he's like, I'm not going to take your deal, but I'm going to offer what you offered me. I'm going to get it the right way. But you know what? You can escape. You yeah. can leave the... And that's why they had that chuckle of, I've escaped this unit twice. Yeah. So it's that I'm going to take your deal. I'm going to let you walk away, but I just got to get you to the train. I'm not going to follow you. I'm not going to like, and it was that unspoken thing. Mm. And for me, the fact that he was like sketching him, like you see Mm. him draw three times. He, this guy draws what he thinks is beautiful. He He draws drawing the bird. He draws the bird. He draws the woman. Mm -hmm. And then he, in the bedroom and he draws him in the bedroom. So Mm. he, he, um, he's very much this kind of outsider that watches things that he admires or finds beautiful but also unattainable like the mm. bird flies free and he has to leave it he tells the woman that she could go to mexico and she thinks that he's fucking mm. crazy and sh- like that he would never do it mm. and then there's this other this other guy of like he sees this man of who he wants to be but who he admires but then also uh, yeah it's this kind of unattainable thing mm. which i thought was quite fascinating um so for him to die yeah and just shooting everyone and then the son using the same cow t- tactic that Wade used at the end, mm. but then didn't shoot him in the end. But, and like you said, used the same language that he saw his dad use about when someone was going. Yeah. Um, so that kind of... Leaving his son at the end, isn't he? In that, as you say, in the, in the suite there, it's like, mm. Dad, we, we can take the 200 and just walk. Mm. You know? Yeah, but he's showing him. like that. But mm. even then the dad, like the son at the beginning of the film would have seen him as a weakling for mm. wanting to walk away. If like if that mm. scene had happened at, mm. right at the beginning, his son would have thought, you're pathetic for taking this money and going. Mm. But by the end of the film, the son has seen... What the world's like. What the world's mm. like. And mm. even like when he saw someone his age, um, one of the Chinese workers, he saw someone his age having to work in this and realising like how much his dad cares for him mm. and sort of seeing that kind of like, yes, they live a hard life, but his dad makes sure that they're looked after and that they're loved and cared for. Like again, showing he's a very, you see him get brutal. uh, Like when he was talking about like his wife, but even then he said he threatened, he never really beat him. He got close to it, but Mm. he sort of reined in. He said, I like that side of you, which was very like, yeah. um, (laughs) Flirty. Yeah. Flirtatious. (laughs) um, Because he's the way it's a very good reading of character. Yeah. Like he saw the salt and pepper shakers and saw that they were quite nice. Mm. And the rest of the place wasn't. And so, and he probably knew that they were from San Francisco or something. Mm. And so he made these connections to go, she obviously was used to the quite nice things. things yeah. And now they don't. And it, these are from San Francisco. So I'm going to make up this story. Mm. That's probably not true to, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he, he's very observant. Mm. So he sees... Um, he sees Dan. Yeah, um, yeah. That that's, others don't see yeah. him. Yeah, that central relationship um, is is really well written, and I, I would say very well performed as well by Christian Bale and Russell Crowe. They're, yeah. yeah, we know they're good actors. I do. <laughs> and, I do yeah. love it. That's American Western, and the two leads are as an Englishman and an Aussie New Zealander. Yeah, like that. Yeah, and but they're they're very good. Um, yeah. You know, they're they're very very great actors that we've seen do lots of different roles, and yet about halfway through this film, I was like, oh, no, no, I believe that's Christian Bale. That isn't Batman or something that I connect him with other roles. Yeah. Like, it was it was very, just just very well performed. And I think the, I think that that really elevated what was already a pretty well-written script, uh, a really well-considered script. And it's, it, it's interesting because a lot of this film is very, 
not slow, but uh, contemplative. Like, there's a lot of discussions about what it means to be moral or whether or not morals are relevant. And I really like Mm. the fact that the film often gives examples of the lessons it's trying to teach. Um, By the end of the film, we've seen what the film is trying to say. For example, with with the taking the money, we have the scene at the end um, where Charlie Prince offers people in the town $200 to shoot the lawmen that are holding Ben Wade. And we see men, women, just everybody from the town coming forward because they're all desperate, desperate for that for money. money. Yeah. But it backs up the point that they're making of uh, Dan not taking the money. Like, like yeah. Dan, they're like, literally, the whole world is against him in that moment. And he still goes, no, this is a principle that I am standing up for. And whether or not he's doing it just to teach his kid the right thing, or whether it's because he genuinely believes it, I don't know which one supersedes the other, but they're both true. I think also, but it does show, I think it does a good job of like how, because it's so contemplative and takes its time, is that you don't have to bang things over the head. So like the little things of like the the younger son, going we always say grace why aren't we saying grace but he says it to the mum because mm. she wasn't the one starting it mm. but and he's but he looks up to his dad a lot and so mm. you learn a lot about the father from what this young son idolizes about his dad mm. and the fact that he goes well everyone deserves grace even even killers right mm. and so that's something that he's obviously observed and witnessed and mm. the fact that he's eating the steak and gnawing on it you know he could have just left it and some of the other guys would have but like his character like um then went over and cut it and even though wade was trying to do a power play yeah of, rile like, him up just, it, it to show like i don't like even, the fat i don't want the gristle yeah. yeah um it's something like that little thing of he treats him uh uh like a, a human Humane, but a dangerous yeah. as well like he understands that he's dangerous yeah. and other people expect like that's the thing she goes is he's not what i expected because in her brain it's like evil people are inherently bad are dumb are not educated or mm. not aren't you know and so she's very surprised that he seems very charming and this and even he, even to the point of quoting proverbs back to mm. her yeah and so that surprises her um but he's like no that doesn't make him any less dangerous because you do see that 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 why he's the leader of a gang mm. like in those flashes you can of that anger and violence he's an interesting character isn't he because you 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 um you have to believe he is a bad man because he does bad things oh yeah right and even he insists throughout the film several times you know i am a bad man i'm a bad person he says um sorry he says i'm rotten to the core how do you think i lead this band of misfits you know he says i've got to be the rottenest essentially Mm. um yeah but then again the son was like i don't believe that Mm. and he shows that by well he kills the whole gang um (laughs) and but also like he doesn't shoot him Mm. which shows that empathy and then he turns his back on him Mm. and he's still got his weapons you know what i mean like yeah yeah william knows william he william turns his back on him to look at his dad um and he hops on the train like by mm. on his mm. own accord he but hop, you, you, you know i think you're almost fooled at that point into thinking oh this is the redemptive moment mm. you know that he, he's recognized that he has done bad things Mm. and, you know, of his own volition is Mm. now going, no, no, no. No. The whistle, the horse. Yeah. Tells you there's always that underlying element in him. But also that was the whole point of like, you had that lawman character, the pin, was it? The uh, pinky. Oh, the Pinkertons. The Pinkerton guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's what he was stating. He was like, you know, this guy killed 
um, a group of Indigenous women and children and oh, men, the pink uh, yeah, 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 of going because you were hired by these train people and like apparently you know Jesus doesn't care about like <laughs> you know Native Americans pretty much. So mm. he's he's sort of showing this kind of like and all the people that we meet that are pieces of shit mm. are in positions of power legally. So like, really, really, uh, what what the 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 young lad is learning throughout the film is the duality of man, how yeah. things can turn on a dime. Yeah. Um, and depending on the on the situation, yeah. that people can be enticed by money to to turn on their um, principles, their morals and ethics, and and betray those just for cash and return. Yeah. That supposedly good people do very bad things. Yeah, it's that, not as black and white. I yeah. think that's sort of that kind of like he is a terrible person. Um, like he's done terrible things, and even but then it changed. But he doesn't make him completely evil. And same with the good people. It's so when he says, no, I'm not a good guy, he's telling the truth, but he's not like, uh, it's that kind of, I guess, complicatedness of what makes people people. And um, yeah, and that's why like the two men are Polaroids of each other uh, yeah. in a way. Uh, and then the son is sort of in that middle of like, you can get completely walked over, but he wants to stand for his morals and the son learns a lot about, like, that's what it what it means. But then also um, the aggression, I think, of sometimes needing to take a stand, but it's always the last resort. Like, you don't... Yeah, I thought that was really cool with, like, yeah. the Dan character. Like, he doesn't... Was it Dan? Dan, Dan was Christian Bale. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, Dan's character. You only see him get really shooting up as right at the end. Yeah. Like, there was never... Uh, yeah, so it's quiet. Mm. Um, speaking of shooting up, uh, a lot of uh, really good action set pieces in this film. Yes, lots um, of great practical. Yeah, was there was there one that stood out for you, Murray, in in this film? Um, I actually i I did like the uh, the start with the the stagecoach um, mm. uh, ambush. Uh, I, I, the, the fact that they they roll out the Gatling gun and mow half of them down you think oh they might get away but no of Ooh. course there's a sniper up there isn't there yeah. and uh, i thought that was particularly well executed um i, I know uh, i think kate at one moment you gasped when the the cattle were being sent down the uh yeah the like, uh, the escarpment there it's like oh i'm sure no cattle were harmed in the making of this no. film oh but, no uh, but it was like i felt bad for the mm. evans i was like yeah. fuck man like they're like that's what brought them in but yeah. i was like they need these cows. Yeah, they um, do. These these skinny, no good cows. Everyone's like, your cows are shit. I know. <laughs> the whole time. He's like, I'm trying, okay? Yeah. It's really hard when we have literally no water and not enough money to feed ourselves, let alone the cows. Yeah. But the, the difference, I think, here is that the... Well, not difference, but um, if this had been directed by Michael Bay, it would have been an entirely different film. Yeah. The action would have propelled the... Um, or would have been the story. Yeah. The action in this um, is simply um, helping um, push the, the 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 narrative along. It's not there for the sake of action. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and and it's um, it also shows a lot about their characters. Yeah, because like, again, like yeah. Wade's character, it's interesting because he leads these men, but he doesn't partake. Like he does the brute, but he but he can be inherently brutal as well. Mm. But because um, they know, because he has a look about him, like at the very beginning of the film, that guy knew that Wade oh, was going to kill him. Yeah. Tommy knew that he's he going to kill him because he got caught. Because he saw the eyes, and same with the prince at the end, he saw that look in his eyes and went, 
he's going to kill, kill me. And he's um, right. Hmm. And, uh, but then he's Which very, must have been a horrible shock for him after all he'd been through uh, and all he'd he done. He was like, yeah. I've done all of this for fucking you, dude. Mm. Um, but it shows that well, how, how much power he wields over them. But also, like, looking at it all happening, having the... The, the group come across and that just being a decoy so they could have the focus for the sniper mm. and then like he but then thinking on his feet he gets the cows because he's like this will this will help um mm. so uh while like the prince is very brutal like in his killings when he was killing all of them he got them in the guts but it was very like he didn't pick headshots no. like, he didn't pick shots that would take you out mm. quickly it was always it, it was slow. painful it's yeah. something that it might get you quickly but you will be in so much pain when it happens it sort of drives the question as to how the gang got together doesn't it it's a, they're an interesting disparate bunch aren't they yeah he always said remember what he did for us and I think that that's you never know maybe he sprung him out of Yuma we know he escaped Yuma mm. twice yeah. maybe he didn't escape alone yeah, that's true. Well, I feel like it was definitely um, him and the Prince character mm. first. Yeah, Charlie I, Prince. Uh, the Charlie. Um, so I think it was them first and then it, it built on, I suppose. Mm. Um, but yeah, so you do see sort of their fighting, what it says about them, yeah. like their brutality and how they, or their lack of brutality um, in how they get information, which like say like the guy, uh, uh, Dan, he shot to kill people when he had to. Mm. And then there were other shots that felt like he was... Like, even Charlie, like, he wasn't shooting to try and kill him because in his brain it was like, okay, you'll escape, you'll go with your posse, whatever. Mm. There was So there were some shots where it was like, where can I shoot in your direction? That'll, That'll just... get you to duck or get you mm. to hide. And then it was only when people were up close that he shot to kill. Yeah. And again, they were all attempted to be headshots. So it showed that kind of... He didn't try to kill everyone. It was literally like, mm. what can I do to to survive, get out, to survive? Yeah. And again, that, yeah. Um, and about honesty and, and using his words to uh, not get killed mm. when he was getting choked out. Because again, yeah. that was very personal as well, which is again, fascinating because you saw him shoot people and blow and then he was, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's just very well put together. And, and James Mangold, obviously mm. directing this film, I think has done a, a really remarkable job um and it, it's so interesting because the film directly before this that he directed was walk the line mm. which um is obviously the johnny cash biopic which feels it doesn't feel like it's the same director i would say like i, I know there's, there's there's some very different subjects so there's not going to be a lot of crossover between the johnny cash story and this film but yeah james mangold yeah, he's, he's yeah. very interesting. biopics biopics are I mean, you, you, mm. you're. I suppose you're hemmed in by the fact that you're telling the story of someone's life, so you are basically showing mm. um, someone's life story. Whereas the film like Three Ten to Yuma, um, and you know, I'll, I'll mention it again, Copland. Mm. Watch Copland, people. Um, they're character-driven pieces. Yeah. That it's the and, and the complexity of the. Um, relationships between those characters are something that he he does a lot are you looking forward to his next film what is his next film indiana jones 5 Ooh. oh my goodness yes. okay he uh, he is directing and also co-wrote indiana jones and the dial of destiny <sighs> oh that makes me excited yeah yeah that makes you more interested well, no, the trailer looked good, and I know that um, who was the uh, one of the writers? She uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is in it. Yeah, I don't know if she did writing. It. I don't think she wrote it, but I saw her and I got excited. But mm. I, 
But no, that sounds interesting. The trailer looked good. Mm. But I'd be interested to read the pulp short story that mm. it was based off because I wouldn't be surprised um, if the short story was from the perspective of the sun. Okay. Uh, maybe. I could be completely... Or mm. purely because it seemed very perspective-based um, yeah. from that. Or it could be like a th- three-person... Uh, uh, what is it? Third-person... Uh, telling yeah um but yeah i'd actually be interested mm, to read it's the elmore short leonard story. that wrote it mm. so elmore leonard does some uh interesting stories um i'm trying to think oh jackie brown the tarantino film is based on an elmore leonard oh, okay. story yeah and that once again you know some fairly um complex storytelling in that in terms of the interplay between the characters so yeah. Yeah, obviously, um, pretty good writer. Well, that's the thing. It does. I think it, the movie's done a good job that it's made me want to go. Oh, I want to watch the original and compare mm. the two. I think two. I've got it somewhere. Oh, there we go. Dig it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's good. Go. Uh, and I also want to read the short story or the pulp story or yeah. whatever it was based off because I think like something like this, especially after like just watching like The Last of Us, I think. Oh, okay. um, this would be a really interesting story as a one season like mini series. Like I think just just being able to like expand the characters, like mm. see Charlie and the gang and that kind of like I think it'd be very interesting just to being allowed to get to know like each character just a little bit more. So when yeah. like the veterinarian doctor does die, mm. like I was still like, Oh no, when he went. But just that kind of uh, the, this film does a really good job of you can see that mm. um, uh, and um, especially if it's based off a story like because depending on how it was written mm. it's it's always very internal monologues it's very that kind of introspective so I think the, this movie did a very good job of mm. feeling that introspective yeah. of other people that a film with time constraints can only do so much that maybe yeah. a television series that could even just like three, four episodes or something that Mm. could just allow that um, Mm. could be really interesting. Yeah, Um, I I, I would definitely recommend, if if video games are your thing, the Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, the the video game came out a couple of years ago from Rockstar, mm. which was a Western, because that looks at, like, being in a gang like Ben Wade's gang. Mm. But you get, it'd be like if you got to know all of the gangsters and finding out a bit of like, oh, what are they like? Because some of the people in, in the central gang in that game are people you're like, oh, you actually seem like a good person or a nice person. And others you're like, nope, complete piece of shit. And yeah. so, yeah, but because that's a video game, they, they can spend hours yeah, like in these little missions uh, as you get to know these characters. Um, and I, I having now watched this film, I'm like, they, they lifted a lot stylistically from this film in particular mm. for what they with that video game including one of the main uh characters micah bell looks dresses and even sounds a little bit like um charlie prince in this yeah uh, there's a very clear like through line of like oh they've taken elements from this and yeah. put it into which this which again character. straight away that's why i was like when they had that when he was taking him down i said charlie prince and he goes i hear they call you charlie princess mm. and i was like it did all the things that i th- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I verbalized it completely in the pre thing. Mm. Is that straight away in the posse gang? In the posse gang, whatever. Mm. Um, they showed a guy that was vaguely queer coded because mm. by calling her princess, so that kind of people talk about you in this the, way. In this way, in that sense of 
you're the guy that sleeps with Wade, but nobody gives him shit because mm. he'll kill you. Then they were like, we've got the we got the Mexican sniper that's mm. literally dark and mysterious. No word of dialogue in the yeah. whole thing. And then when they, you don't even see him. You see him in like shots in the background of when he dresses up and pretends and says that the gang's got there. Mm. And they're like, how do you know it's Wade? And he's like, well, they've got the Mexican shoot sniper and the, apart- uh, the Apache. The Apache, yeah. The Apache. Yep. And that's it. So that's they- what I mean, a really disparate bunch of desperados mm. yeah, so it come just, together. It just sort of gave that kind of like... Uh, what you would see in Hollywood of just going, okay, well, we've got the two people of colour, you see them, they never talk. Yeah. Uh, we've got the queer coded character mm. that's like, well, is he? No, it's just a line. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, in that kind, in the Cowboys. Um, mm. And that sort of is yeah. what I was expecting yeah, to see. And it's yeah. a very male-driven film, which Westerns traditionally uh, are. Oh, yeah. my God. The fact Poor old Gretchen Mole didn't have much to do, did nah. she? She's there as the wife, waiting by the ranch. Uh, and then, like, of course, you had the woman that was... The barmaid. The yeah. barmaid that was... I was like... It, that made me not like Wade at all. Mm. Like, uh, it took me a long time for me to just eventually see him. Uh, yeah, because I was just like, that's bored. It's, mm. it's like he didn't sexually assault her, but it was, what else was she going to do? Yeah, it, it, it's it, one of those things where it's yeah. like, it's she's like, what am I going to do? To quote, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's the implication. It, yeah. It's that that whole thing of um, yeah, like like he's in a position of power in that situation. Yeah. There's the like it, she's not going to not interact with him in that way yeah. out of fear for her life because she knows there's an entire gang of these people around yeah. there. Even though, like she seemed somewhat, I don't know if enamored is the right word, but yeah. she like in that sequence where he's been sketching her, she seems like she's quite. Basically, not tense yeah, in that she's situation. Not tense with him there. But resigned to the fact that yeah. these she'd never build in a life with this guy. Yeah, she's yeah. like, could you imagine me walking arm in him? Mm. Like, and it, yeah, so it's quite yeah interesting because uh, mm. even then Charlie, like again, he sees him looking at her and then does the whole "I'll wait for you" at Mexico. I was like, mate, you have a bad like he's yeah. in, you know yeah. he's not going to be arm in arm with you. In Mexico. No, um, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Um, but then it's quite interesting that they don't show it. So it's like even when you go to the next scene, he you see him kiss her. Mm. And it's like the neck thing. And it's very like coming from behind and very like, what else is she going to fucking do? Like mm. it's, she knows. It's yeah. like, well, either I have sex with him, quote unquote, willingly, or I say no and he'll just probably have he'll rape me anyway like or it's, get the gang to or shoot get me. the gang or something yeah. like there's the it's a you know what is that's that fear but um but i think it's really interesting how yeah the film in the next scene though yeah she's naked she feels very calm and relaxed and even is willing to laugh hmm. at his idea and he's a hundred percent clothed nowhere near near her hmm. drawing her naked but beh- the back of her again hmm. which again you probably have like you can't show boobs or you can't like yeah. in the movie it, but it's very Mm. Uh, it was very interesting. Well, I think that was a directorial choice. Yeah, yeah that's which what is I was about to say. Quite it, interesting. Is it that because the canon of westerns is women get mistreated, particularly sexually, yeah. all the time? Is it the thing to go? You're never quite sure where he is because that that first scene with him and the barmaid, you're going, oh, okay, he's this okay. kind of piece of shit. And then in the next scene, it's like, oh, maybe he isn't. And the whole and point, then she sort of seemed I think okay. It, the when scene he was left. actually staged yeah. to show. Quite almost a tender moment, mm. a moment yeah. of quietness. I mean, he. It, it struck me as weird, right? That 
he knows that the, the posse's coming back into town. Mm. Yeah. But he stays there. Mm. Yeah. It, it's almost like, oh, what the heck? I, I'm, I'm going to get caught. Mm. But he he's elected to yeah. um, have that quiet moment where he can just relax and not be the boss. Yeah. And I, I actually thought Which was myself that... It, it looked pretty consensual to me that she she yeah. didn't feel like she was under threat. Um, she probably, you know, it's a weary life probably being a barmaid in a in a in a little shit kicker Western saloon town type mm. of thing. And um, for her, if anything, it was probably some time away from the drudgery of her day as well. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because yeah, I do think it has been set up where we, you think it's going to go one way and it goes the other which is almost what happens in every scene or pair of scenes with that character with Ben yeah. Wade. I mean we're assuming that they slept together I'm, I'm guessing they did yeah. but yeah. maybe he just wanted to draw something mm. well that's yeah and I think that's uh, well and also it's like he did remember her and then he's you know and then he mentioned about this velvet and she's like oh everyone remembers velvet mm. so he's got also this great memory yeah. of like of like he was looking at her because he loved her singing voice mm. and that she was beautiful and then but then also said you know people in Mexico would love, they'd love to see you sing but I'm it's it's quite yeah of that he wants something beautiful he wants something like peaceful he wants mm. like some kind of family or he like he wants something mm. that he, he can't get he through can't, robbing he can't get mm. it and it's um yeah, so it does a very interesting job of... I, I guess I just like the fact that he was 100% clothed in the end. It's like mm. he took his time and she seemed relaxed. And it yeah, they do give this dichotomy to him mm. uh, of like, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's quite yeah. interesting. It is interesting. It's a very interesting set of characters. It's a very interesting film. Mm. Would you like some hopefully interesting trivia about yeah, Three Dentists? Oh, so some hopefully interesting trivia. Yes, yeah. well, all of this trivia is sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true or interesting, don't blame me. <laughs> in a deleted scene included in the DVD, Ben Wade tells uh, Byron, uh, Peter Fonda's character, I heard that your boss, Al Pinkerton, got an infection from biting his own tongue and he died last month. Is that true? Uh, Alan Pinkerton, the real figure, did die from an infected bite on his tongue in 1884. Um, this would place the events of this movie occurring in August 1884, based on that mm. piece of dialogue. There we go. Yeah, but he mentions that he had his the foot thing happen in 1862. I'm sure. Yeah, that's the, the film. Hey? Yeah, yeah, the Civil War was 1862. Now, this is yeah. Alan Pinkerton is in a character not in the film. No, no, that's right. But if that happened in 1884, hmm. that's almost 20 years on. Mm-hmm. Doesn't match up with Bale's age in the film. Um, unless he was... Maybe um, that's why they cut the scene. Maybe, maybe they went, ah, uh, yeah, this is... This it, doesn't actually Ultimately, work. not important, but I just really like the fact they referenced the real uh, death of Alan Pinkerton mm. as part yeah. of it. Um, warned about the pain of surgery, Byron tells Doc Potter that it's not the first time he's been shot. In real life, Peter Fonda did accidentally shoot himself in the stomach when he was 10 years old. That's funny. Mm, so also that's, fucked up. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... Gun safety in America. Yeah. 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 Well, he probably uh, hang around on a lot of film sets. We already know how unsafe film sets are also, with guns. it's so common yeah. in America houses, most children, child deaths that have to do is because of, of 
gun related injuries. Yeah. It's just they've grabbed the gun and shot themselves. So yeah. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if... That's what he did. He yeah. accidentally shot yeah, himself. Yeah, there was a gun in the house. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the weekend before shooting was scheduled to wrap, a freak storm dumped nearly two feet of snow on the drought-plagued town. I That's why there saw was... some snow. Yeah, snow in the background. Um, uh, Labourers shoveled the snow from the buildings, balconies and roofs and distributed 89 dump trucks worth of dry soil on the ground. Uh, Backhoes created an eight-foot-tall rampart of snow just beyond camera sight lines for the remaining week of shooting. Yeah. Because yeah. I did think that contrast of like one side of the train tracks being all dirt and then the other side being snow, I was like, is that a deliberate thing they've done to like show the contrast of like where we are now or where the train is I, going i think they just decided to make it that you know yeah. what i mean like you know when you're like we've got all the snow what are we going to do and then just mm. as a director having to go let's make this look like a creative choice yeah um like also the fact that a lot of them didn't look like they were sweating heavily yeah like by the time you got to that point because it would have been fucking freezing yeah but in the earlier part of the shots you could still feel that heat mm. so and then at the end he says oh look a storm's coming yeah. so it's sort of it's a it's a good way to add that kind of uh, the unpredictability of yeah. of the West. So yeah, good job of trying to make it a creative choice. Yeah, good good use of the gifts that the world gives mm. you. Yep. Yeah. Um, on the first day of filming, a rider and his horse were seriously injured in a scene where the horse ran directly into the camera vehicle instead of veering off. Um, the rider was hospitalised and unfortunately the horse did have to be euthanised on uh. set. Uh, the animal's death prompted an investigation from the American Humane Association. Um, by November, the AHA concluded its investigation, finding that the horse did not respond accordingly due to having received a dual training approach and the rider was not familiar with the mount. Uh. The organisation recommended that no charges were um, brought against the producers yeah. but yeah um I, re- I remember hearing at the time yeah because the the rider had been quite badly injured and obviously the horse had to be yeah. euthanized but yeah like some of those sequences you saw were, were pretty dangerous that's the thing. You, yeah. uh, right mm. at the very beginning which again showing that i guess western homage mm. um homage uh is uh the scene where you see the rider he sort mm. of gets shot and then he falls off the horse and yeah. has that drag. And I was like, that is a, that's a old fashioned horse stunt. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh shit, that guy, good on it. And it was a very good, re- I thought it was a good reference to when you see the old Westerns of like, I mean, that's when stunt work really became a thing was mm. because of Westerns. Like there was stunt oh, in sword that, fighting, that, but the uh, amount of... Pre, let's not be inhumane to animals. Yeah, stuff. but like yes. but, yeah, where people didn't really give a shit about the stunt people mm. either, but they had mm. to learn to do these horse tricks that, or horse tricks that were already existed that they can then throw in film. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that people mm. got Exactly 10 minutes pass in the movie between the clock striking three and the arrival of the train. Oh. Which is interesting when they say that the train is late. So I think their clock was a little bit fast. But yeah, exactly 10 minutes do pass from the from the ding dong to the hoot hoot. Oh. Which is, is pretty cool. Um, felt quicker than 10 minutes though. Mm. Like, I mean, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of yeah. gunshots happening. Um, this film's ending is very different from the 1957 version. I guess they would have had to have had a happy mm. ending for the hero to win. Uh, yeah, so in, yeah. in the yeah, 1950s... It would 1950- have been a lot more straightforward. No <laughs> ambiguity. In the 1957 version, spoilers for a film we haven't watched, uh, it was Evans's wife that accompanied him and Wade, not his son. Um, Also in that adaptation, Wade and Evans successfully board the train after shooting down the other outlaws, whereas in this version, Evans is fatally shot. Wade gets on the train, but whistles for his horse shortly afterwards. So yeah, they're they're the key differences. So both men make it onto the train and and get away. 
uh, and that it was the wife was in the William role. Okay, well, who's in the story? That's I guess I, have, I haven't read the story, yeah. so I, I couldn't tell you. I'm afraid, but um, you'll have to do a little report for us. Mm. Go, yeah, go and find well, out. I'll just look that up now. What's it called? Is it was it called Three Ten to Humor? Yes. The story. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, the final bit of trivia uh, was about alternate casting for our two lead okay. roles. Um, originally. Uh, the the actors that were in negotiation to appear in this film but ended up Will not Ferrell appearing. and Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, that's who it was. Oh. Uh, no, it was um, Eric Banner and Tom oh. Cruise. Oh, good oh. grief! Okay. Yeah. Eric, okay, Eric Banner. Eric Banner, I can, I can see. see. Yeah. Um, well, Depending actually, on the role. Actually, what's the? Well, yeah. What what was Tom going to play? Uh, it doesn't specify here, but um, because if I, he had I, played I, the Russell Crowe, I think that's what it was. That might have worked because. If you've ever seen the film Collateral, mm. yeah. he Actually, plays yeah. duplicitous characters, or not duplicitous, but a, characters with a duplicity mm. of... And with um, an, that amb- edge. Yeah, moral amb- ambiguity, yeah. Or whatever. Quite well. He does, yeah. I could see him also doing the, you know, charming the, the mm. ladies that he meets kind of thing as well. But it would be it would have to be staged differently. It's probably cut him for budgetary reasons because... He, you know, he has to stand on boxes everywhere. That's true. He? That entire sequence, yeah. he'd have to be running on a platform on, next on a to Eric platform. Banner. Next to yes, Eric yeah. Banner. Or dig a trench for Eric. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. the only way that would work. I, I think, yeah. I think Eric Banner, I was like, oh, that could be interesting. But mm. Tom, Cruise? Tom Cruise? Nah. No. Nah. Nah, I don't think so. I, look, I think Bale and Crow are excellent in this. I, I think they're... Yeah, they do a really, really good job. They're superb. All right. Well, all that remains is for us to score the film. Ooh. And uh, Kate, it was your yes. first time watching 310 to Yuma. So you get to score it first. What would you give it out of ten? Uh my my gut's going like seven or like eight, maybe an eight. Eight. Yeah, yeah. I thought it, I really enjoyed it. I I don't think that a lot of films, um, not all films, but like the sort of I guess we're turning back to it. But mm. there's been like that sort of oh sorry my words, um, taking time and observing and like allowing a story to to come with what's not said Mm. i think there are a lot of films that get made now that where uh i think maybe studios or whatever just go the audience is dumb Mm. you need to tell them yeah what's going on and that that have so much action and so much going on that you don't allow people to just let it breathe and i think that's where a lot of television shows have like why when people say the golden age of television i think it's because a lot of those story like writers and makers moved to television to allow that breathing room that just wasn't uh, put much as much as in film anymore Mm. um i don't think that's the case all the time i think it's starting to change maybe a bit more like people Mm. want to not be told i guess getting that marvel's Mm. sort of (laughs) yeah thing i yeah. think uh so it was refreshing i suppose okay what about yourself murray yeah uh, it's one of those films that's a bit of an oddity really these days isn't it i, I don't know it's only what 16 years is it mm. since this was made yeah or well, 15 um do you reckon this film would get made today i think it would uh, so i i maybe i'm a bit sort of jaded but mm. i feel like um the cinemascape today is is really dominated by you know Marvel and um, yeah um, 
Yeah, just... I think it feels uh, like that. But the, the fact hard, is, is... You know, hard-hitting mm. dramas aren't really something that cinema audiences go to these well, days, I, I, are they? I think maybe they're, they're taking different shapes and different forms. I mean, mm. you, you, you look at, um, you know, films like... There's still a lot of character-driven dramas yes. or like central performances. So something like... Uh, we spoke about Power of the Dog earlier. That's yeah. really a, a story about three very specific you know what I characters. Think, I think this is a film that would find its way on, on a streaming platform these days rather than maybe a, a general release in the cinema. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where those films do exist, but uh, it's like how many people watch them? Or it takes time for or them to... Or it takes time for people to, to get, get into to watch service, it. Yeah. And I think, that's, I think that's the issue. Like, I don't even know how well this film did. Like I'd be interested um, to know. I don't, how, I don't like, think it it failed too much because I don't think the budget was huge. Yeah, I just so I just it, wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they were hoping for it to be amazing. And um, I the budget was uh, around fifty million dollars US, mm-hmm. and it's a decent budget. Box office was seventy one million. Okay, so, so it made its money. Made its money, but yeah. it didn't. It wasn't a hit. It didn't double its money. No, so but it but then drama drama yeah. never does. Yeah, yeah, and and throw in western. And yeah. once again, you... and also that's the production costs, not the advertising costs as yeah. well. Yeah. So with the amount of money you'd spend advertising this film, because I yeah. do remember it being advertised in two thousand and seven, um, it, it might have just about broken even based on. Yeah. That. yeah, I'd be interested to know what the DVD sales were, mm. because it, you know this feels like a movie that yeah people might have bought for might their have, dad. Might have found their, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like I think maybe yeah. you anyway, might have found that DVD aspect. Yeah. I'm avoiding the I'm avoiding the question. Um, <laughs> I'll. I'll give it um, seven pitchforks, uh, seven um, forks to the jugular. Yeah. Seven forks to the jugular. Seven yeah. savage forks to the jugular. Yeah. I really like this film. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm really impressed by the script. I, I think it's it balances a lot of different things really well, um, d- but to a point where I didn't realise how much it was balancing until we got to the end. Yeah. And I thought the performances were really good. I, I thought yeah. it was really engaging. And I'm I'm struggling to think ways in which this film could have been made better. Yeah, I think like I think that's the mm. the issue is that I uh, I mean there are story ways of how you portray characters or how you look at things, but mm. those are minute things. That again, the movie's long. Yeah, that I just think like in your time in the time like constraints. The year that it was made, mm. Uh, mm. I think that they did a really, really good job. Yeah. Um, I think the only way you could do more is by allowing more time, and you couldn't do that in a film. I think but you would she, need a mini. I think it had to, to, it. to had to be long in a way because it's it's a road movie, really, isn't mm. it? You know. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's it, a, it's a yeah. it's almost a buddy road movie movie. Yeah. Just you don't know that's how it's starting out. It's mm. not evident that it's gonna they're gonna become essentially Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, but with a very different relationship at yeah. the end of it. I mean, well, yeah, that's also a very gay film. <laughs> uh, but for me, I, I would give 310 to Yuma quite a high score. I'm, I'm yeah. going to give it... Uh, I'm going to give it nine burnt barns out of ten. Nine burnt barns. Nine burnt barns. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I did, yeah, I did like it when Wade was like, didn't he burn down your barn? Mm. It's He did this... It was sort of weird that he made it out like, oh, no, I killed this guy for you. Like, and I was like, no, you didn't. Yeah. Like, you, 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 you snapped because he was fucking with your head. <laughs> like, um, yeah. yeah. He was singing that annoying song. So long. Poor Tucker. <laughs> No, um, don't no, Paul Tucker. He, no, he, he was a piece of shit. Yeah, he enjoyed he enjoyed the 
the pain out of people. Yeah, I had no sympathy for him, I'm afraid. Everyone else, yeah, shades of grey. Him, <laughs> nope. But you didn't see the lead up to it, which again, mm. it's it does it does a very interesting thing of like you knew he was singing and maybe he eventually snapped, mm. um, but you don't see the lead up of him doing it. You just think you he, hear the wake up of because it's think, inferred enough. Yeah. You don't need to. I think he waited until Tucker was asleep. I don't think Tucker yeah. was awake for that. Yeah. Until, um, obviously, he was in pain. Uh, but also, like, and throwing the guy off the thing. I like he goes... so quick. Of, of that kind of, like, he of mm. he had that banter, but he's like, everyone cares about their mums. Like, that yeah. sense of don't talk about my mother like that. Yeah. And that's what did it for him. Yeah. He shot him in the gut, let him live. He enjoyed this banter, even though he thought he was a bit of an idiot. But the second he mentioned the mum, he's like, no. Nah, yeah. It's um, obviously a touchy subject. It's a subject. step too far. Very yeah. step too far. touchy and subject. Very much a step too far for Byron. Whew, off he went. Mm. That was... So it was, quick. It was so quick and it was great because it was like, oh, that's it. He's gone. Yep. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to the end of our review of 310 to Yuma. Kate and Murray, thank you yeah, so thank much you. for joining me on this episode. Thank you for having us, Stephen. Oh, yeah. I feel like I want to watch some Westerns now. Well, uh, if you want us to watch some more Westerns, listeners at home and indeed uh, Kate in this room, uh, yes. you can suggest that in a number of ways. Wow. How, Stephen? Well, we have a Facebook uh, do, page. Do you do whispering into the microphone? They call me Trinity. Oh my goodness! No, we don't do ASMR, uh, and because because it's I find it quite unsettling. Uh, but we do have a Facebook page. Uh, you can find us over at uh, Facebook by searching for the Cinema Catch Up Club. Uh, like the page, and you can. You, there's nothing stopping you going on there and leaving a comment. Say, do more westerns. Watch this specific film, and. We may throw it on the list. We're certainly more likely to if you ask than if you don't. Uh, we also have a Patreon. Uh, if you go to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast for as little as a dollar a month, you can uh, suggest films. How there. much, Stephen? As little as a dollar a month. Good Lord, that's less than s- some cents each day. Indeed, yes. It, it's very, very cheap. Uh, and... Uh, if you make film suggestions there, because you've paid a dollar a month as a minimum, I might listen to you even more. A dollar a month? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there are also bonus uh, goodies. We've just released um, a bonus episode of The Cutting Room Floor, uh, which is anything that doesn't make it into the episodes for issues of time or relevancy, I, I like to collect and release as a grab bag of lovely random conversations about films. Is, is there a lot of Tegan in that? Uh, there is. This most recent episode has a lot of Brett Cullen, though, uh, because it's our co COVID spectacular. It is uh, mostly taken from all the episodes we recorded in lockdown in 2020. Um, so you can hear a lot of uh, Zoom quality microphone conversation about film if you would like. Uh, but that and much more available at our Patreon. For less than a dollar a month. Well, a dollar a month. Yeah, for exactly a dollar a month if that's what you want, or indeed more if you choose so. Uh, but it's entirely up to you. Finally, uh, subscribe. iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, however you choose to download this program, you can get a new episode each and every week. Uh, next month we're moving into Animation April, where we're looking at uh, animated films, so uh, make sure you subscribe if you want to hear our take on various animated films. But that is all for this week, so until next time, goodbye! Bye! Bye-bye. I hate podcasts. <laughs>